This podcast is being brought to you by WXAV 88.3 FM and WXAV.com. WXAV, bringing the best podcasts to you. Support for this WXAV podcast is being provided by Bookies, new and used books. Located at 10324 Southwestern Avenue in Chicago, Bookies specializes in new and used books. Their selection includes new releases, bestsellers, and books that are out of print. For more information, please visit their website at bookieschicago.com. You can also find them on Facebook by searching Bookies Chicago or call them at 773-239-1110. Support for WXAV 88.3 FM is being provided by the Northwest Community Credit Union. If you live or work in Lake, Will, or suburban Cook Counties, you can become a member of the Northwest Community Credit Union. For 80 years, the credit union has offered a comprehensive roster of financial products and services to help their members meet their financial goals. For more information on becoming a member, please visit their website at nwccu.com. You can also call them at 847-647-1030 or stop in at the Credit Union House on the St. Xavier campus across from the Graham School of Management. Hello and welcome to another episode of Awesome Albums here on WXAV 88.3 FM and WXAV.com. I'm your host, Caesar, and as always, I'm joined with my co-host, me, Eddie, and Eddie. Last week, we promised our listeners that we were going to talk about My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye West. The album came out in 2010, Kanye West's fifth album, and around the time, it was super highly anticipated. There was a bunch of hype surrounding it with a bunch of notable artists contributing to the project. So right out of the gate, all ears were on this record. And not to mention all the the singles that came out for this one, especially a single like Power. And this was coming off of an era where Kanye was at his lowest. The last album he released was 808s and Heartbreaks, of course, following the tragic death of his mother. And, you know, his girlfriend broke up with him. So I think Kanye fans are really anticipating where Kanye was going to go in his career. And I feel like this marks a huge moment in his career. Kanye pulled up all the stops for this album, you know, like you said, getting a whole bunch of collaborators on this project. And I feel like it really pays off. And you can hear it as well in the songs because, I mean, there's so much different elements to it. And really, this album is amalgamation of this ultimate dark fantasy that Kanye has and that he presents to the listener. Yes. And speaking of dark fantasy, let's get right into it with... The first track, Dark Fantasy. It starts off sounding kind of like a nursery rhyme in a fairy tale sort of way. And to me, it kind of gives off this idea that what we're going into is sort of this fairy tale like story. But in a twisted way that only Kanye can present it. Because while I was listening to this track and as the album as a whole, I'm like, what is his dark fantasy? And, you know, already in this track, we can hear him talking about fame. A little bit of sex, but does he want to achieve more popularity? Does he want to get higher than he already is? Because at the time of recording this, he was already at the height of his popularity. Is his dark fantasy just trying to get higher than that? And the whole album kind of goes off of these themes. And even the names for some of the songs contribute to this overarching theme of where are we going from here and what's going on? Like Power and All of the Lights so appalled and even runaway they all give off and build on these themes 
you know, and, and speaking of power, like it's the first example on this album where Kanye just goes above and beyond with the production and the lyricism in the album because he wants it to feel grand. He wants it to, you to feel I don't know if he intended it like this, but when I listen to songs like Power, I feel small. You know what I mean? And he is this overpowering figure just telling us these things of of power, fame, sex, money. And and I think it contributes to the epic atmosphere of the album. And really, that King Crimson sample just fits in really well with that song and really shows off the kind of different dynamics that Kanye West can bring to the song despite that sample coming from a genre way out of his normal playing field. Yes, and that's a thing that he does regularly in this album. I mean, like, in Blame Game, he has an Aphex Twin sample in Hell of a Life. You can hear elements of Iron Man by Black Sabbath, and that's what I really like to hear from Kanye. I think, you know, he's a fantastic producer, and having these elements within the album really contribute to the greatness of this album. And one of the last lines of the song Power is, I have the power to make your life so exciting. And I think that's a bigger point to hit on, especially within the context of this album, because the persona of Kanye is sort of this person who is looking for his power, who does want every single thing that he does to be exciting, which also makes the following line of jumping out of the window and letting everything go even a little bit more harsher. It shows the twistedness of that power fantasy. Yeah, and, you know, that goes back to the theme of the whole album, the title of the whole album, Dark Twisted Fantasy. He's a larger-than-life figure, and it really shows in songs like Power, and especially in songs like All of the Lights. The song starts with all of the lights, and then you have these horns that just make you feel like you're in the presence of royalty or in the presence of something great. However, Kanye does have these moments where he reflects and he has these vulnerable moments. You know, in in All the Lights, he talks about how he's coming back to the studio, which he feels like is, is his home and he wants to take care of his baby, which is his music. But yet he finds all of these other artists that are trying to step up to the plate and try to like knock him off of the hill that he's standing on. All while still being realistic about what's going on around him and not sugarcoating anything because even though he has like that line about all of the lights, it shows how blinding sometimes it can be and how he wants to be enveloped in the limelight. It can also be blinded and how he needs to find his own way within it. All while that's going on, the next song, Monster, kind of embodies this idea of this thing that just keeps consuming him and it being its own reckless force within itself. While at the same time, he has a line in there that specifically states that this is what you live for. Yeah. You know? I just feel like it's his fame that's really getting to him, you know, and he's really bragging about it. You know, profit, I got it. Everybody knows I'm a monster. Kanye, at this point, knows he's a controversial figure, and he, like, addresses that in this song. But I feel like he doesn't care. You know what I mean? He, he's he got to stay on top, like have this image about him that's just, again, larger than life. Right. And it seems like he's just wearing this persona proudly on his chest. And even the music follows that a lot because it's a great banger with a great beat. 
and it's one of the top songs on this record with a bunch of features on it too. One of his most recognizable songs. And like you said, you know, you also got to give props to the features on this song, you know. I feel like Kanye collaborating with Bon Iver is probably one of the best things that had to happen to this album. And someone like Nicki Minaj, who I don't really like. You know, I'm not the biggest Nicki Minaj fan, but her verse in this song is amazing. It's probably the highlight of the song, and I love that verse. I will replay it constantly. Yeah, and I really associate this song with that Nicki verse, too, because, I mean, she just slays on that track. Exactly. And continue with the theme of Kanye carrying this character about him throughout the album. There is Runaway, which is the longest track on this album. Honestly, it's my favorite track on this album. And he acknowledges his attitude and his controversial image, yet he's still given a toast to the douchebags, the scumbags, the jerk-offs. And if you can't handle Kanye, then you might as well just run away from him. Don't even like pay attention to him. Right. While him still being a little bit realistic with lines like telling his girl to leave him because he knows he's bad and that he knows that she's worth more than that. And it was never romantic. It was never intimacy that was in his relationship. And the, but the song sounds great with a nice beat, a cool fuzzy bass line. And again, like this piano underlying the song that makes it feel like a fairy tale and kind of comes back with the overall theme of playing with it. And even some strings are in there, which yeah. is surprising for a typical rap album. And just quickly got to shout out the great Pusha T feature on that song, too. Yes. Um, and especially considering how long the Pusha T Kanye collaboration has been going on to more recent projects like Daytona and him showing up on his Kidsy Ghost and Yay album. Yeah. And then, you know, we've talked about Kanye's fame and power, but I want to talk a little bit about the sexual and intimate stuff that Kanye puts on this album, like in songs like Devil in a New Dress or Blame Game. You know, I feel like Blame Game is the only time in this album where he gets personal and, and there's a little bit of vulnerability to it, which then gets shut down by the Chris Rock skit at the end. But still, you know, Kanye talks about how he'd rather argue with the person that he's talking to than finding somebody else. And then he does find somebody else, then says he'd rather be by himself until he's calling this person again at 2 a.m. You know, it's just real back and forth. But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like this is the most relatable he's been because he's been up there on his pedestal. It's just really nice to to see him back down here on like a level that we can relate. You know, it really balances out the the album. Yeah, and it's definitely one of the softer tracks on it too. And I know how you said how this song takes Kanye from that pedestal that he was on this whole album. And it just really shows with that phone call, you know. And while that might be a fun little skit, there's a lot of truth to it because throughout the song, there's a fusion of, you know, just a ballad, strings and piano all on top of a drum beat. But at the end of the day, this was something that was on his mind. This phone call that he heard his former girl having. It's one of my favorite songs on the track for exactly that reason that Kanye does show his vulnerabilities and he does it all underneath a really sombering tone. Yeah. Which is 
very contradictive to the last track, which is last two tracks in a way, even though they're separate songs. They serve as one. Mm -hmm. Lost in the World and Who Will Survive in America. And it almost sounds like Lost in the World is a victory lap closing out the album. And it does have Kanye be in this certain mind space. But then the last minute of it, which is the title of Who Will Survive in America, gets really socially aware about the problems on how kind of how we got to this point in history. Yeah, it's definitely a one two punch that I really like as the outro of the album. Getting back to Lost in the World, it's actually a song about love. Fun fact, Lost in the World was actually a poem first that he was going to send to Kim Kardashian before they got together, but he ended up turning it into a song. Like you said, how it was a victory lap, it does feel like a huge bounce back to the song prior to this, which was Blame Game, you know, where, you know, it was sad, soft. Now this is epic, energetic, and it does put a smile on my face, especially with Bon Iver on the chorus. It just goes back to that grand sound of the album and, you know, who will survive in America. It, it flows smoothly from Lost in the World and it's taken from Gil Scott Heron's Comment One. But it still serves as a great outro to a great album. Now, Eddie, do you want to talk about some of your highlights of this album? Yeah, quickly, some of my highlights have to be gorgeous. I love Kid Cudi on that track. And it's a really great song that kind of gives us an insight into the things that Kanye is hearing about himself. While at the same time, him sort of ignoring it while still taking his advice at the same time. It's really weird. One of the things that hooked me on that song was the guitar at the beginning. Fantastic guitar. And I don't know if you caught it, but there is a Beatles reference in this song. Like when Kanye says, I don't believe in yesterday. And what's a black beetle anyway? A roach. So I really, Ah. that's, you know, Gorgeous is actually one of my highlights too. It's great. And it's only the second song on the track listing. And my final two highlights on this album have to be Blame Game and All of the Lights, because All of the Lights is a triumphant song. I love the energy on it. And I still like Blame Game because it does have Kanye come off of his pedestal and be a little bit more human within the context of the album. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. You know, All of the Lights was another highlight for me. I love how epic that is and you know, there's another song with some features on there. You know, we have Rihanna on the hook, which I loved. And I don't know if you caught it, but Elton John was singing at the end of the song as well. So with all the features and all the production on that song, it makes for a highlight off this album. And as I talked about earlier, my favorite song on this album is Runaway. I love long songs. And uh, when a song can do build up and long winding outros really well that's when i really appreciate it as well even though kanye is being kanye on on that song dark fantasy also serves as a great introduction and you know the line can we get much higher also sticks in my mind as well monster mainly because of uh, Nicki minaj's verse one of the highlights of this album and i think we should talk about some things that we didn't like on this album Sure. 
off of dark fantasy i think it does ramble on a little bit too long and the chorus can be a little bit repetitive of can we get much higher i think it could have been cut short just a little bit that's gotta be one of my um main complaints with the album yeah you know this album like i kind of loved it on first listen I think after Runaway is where the album, it doesn't take a dip, but it more like kind of loses focus a little bit. And I think that is one of the things that isn't really a highlight of this album. I would agree. But My Beautiful Darkness of Fantasy, I feel, is Kanye's magnum opus. You know, like I said, he pulled out all the stops for this album. Even though it's not my favorite Kanye album, I do love listening to this album quite a lot. And really, it set him up for future Kanye and the sounds that he went on to use and the ideas that he decided to experiment with in the discography after My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. And, you know, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, I feel like, is a milestone for Kanye. It does mark a big evolution. You know, you you have the early... Stages with college dropouts, late registration, and, and graduation. And then, you know, 808s was kind of like this weird thing, you know, the in between, you know, those three albums and this one. But, you know, from Dark Twisted Fantasy from here on out, you know, Kanye's always experimenting. Kanye's always trying something different. And I feel like Dark Fantasy was really the project to start it all. And I guess that concludes our discussion of My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye West. Tune in next week where we talk about Currents by Tama Paula. You just listened to another episode of Awesome Albums here on WXAV 88.3 FM and WXAV.com. Thank you very much for listening to this WXAV 88.3 FM podcast. Be sure to visit our website, WXAV.com, for more information on your escape from ordinary radio.